Hello and welcome to Career Move Secrets, a brand new podcast for active job seekers and the career minded. In each episode, I'll interview a special guest from my global network. Guests will include seasoned recruiters, experienced hiring managers from companies big and small, and successful individuals who have developed great careers through making great career moves. My aim is to uncover and share my guests' unique perspectives, their insights, and their insider advice on job searching, interviewing, and career enhancement. My name is Tony Talbot, and I've been working in the recruitment industry as an international headhunter for over 20 years. I'm the creator of CareerMoveSecrets.com, a step-by-step online course for job seekers that I designed to be the ultimate guide to getting hired in the hidden job market. I will add my perspective to the conversation and together with my guests, we hope to provide some genuine, actionable insider advice that will help you execute your next career move. Thanks for joining us today. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of Career Move Secrets. Today's guest is Mauricio Parente. Mauricio is a highly qualified and experienced financial services executive with expertise in capital markets, treasury, asset management, and investor relations. Hi, Mauricio. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Anthony, and a pleasure to be here with you. Whereabouts are you, Mauricio? Whereabouts are um, In Switzerland, in uh, Zurich. So Zurich is um, a lovely city, uh, not too large compared to London, but really it's a very dynamic center when it comes to, to finance, asset management, as mm-hmm. probably um, most of the people uh, listening to the podcast may, may, may know. So lovely place to be, good combination between dynamic city, financial center, and the mountains and the nice scenery around. You're very beautiful, yeah. It's what, what, I, what I hear. I've only I've only stopped through really in Switzerland, um, probably driving through, which is I'm sure what a few people have done. What what's life like at the moment? Are you guys? You're obviously, you know, pretty much at the centre of Europe. There, uh, are you? Are you finding that you have a, a particular COVID issue, or are things pretty good at the moment? Uh, like all the countries in Europe, we have been affected. You know, I think Switzerland, being a neighbouring country to Italy. Back in March was um, uh, was a highly uh, um, was really uh, on, a, on, on a risk scale was uh, probably uh, fairly high. Uh, nevertheless, the situation has not degenerated like it was in Milano in Italy, and uh, the authorities were able to implement right away measures uh, to prevent the spread of the virus. The population was fairly compliant with those measures. And uh, even in centers like Zurich or Geneva, the, the virus was fairly uh, well contained. In addition, we didn't have severe lock- lockdown measures like in Italy. And therefore, people could still go out, enjoy the, the environment, the, the uh, activities in, in, in the nature. So living in Zurich means it's very easy to take the bicycle and go around the lake and then go back home and continue mm-hmm. working because most of the people were and still are working from home. Wow. The, and, it, and it is an amazing place to, to be. I, I can remember going through, I remember staying in Loke Como and going up to, to the lakes to Switzerland that way. It is, uh, it is an incredible place. Well, that sounds like it's better than most, but it's certainly better than here where we're starting to, 
to feel like we're going to have a second lockdown uh, coming relatively soon. But um, Maurizio, obviously, I've done a bit of research on you and, and uh, looked at your background during my network. So you were somebody that I was aware of, um, but my audience will not be aware. What, what's your what's your sort of career background? So my career is centered around finance and mainly corporate finance. I um, completed my business school in Canada. So after finishing the MBA in Montreal, I started off working for um, a blue chip. Uh, at that time, it was Craft Canada, part of the Philip Morris Group. And I started in a role that was uh, related to uh, investments, analyzing investments. Um, that um, was fairly interesting because first, it gave me exposure to different line of businesses of that company. And secondly, it was giving exposure to approval processes throughout the chain up to the Philip Morris uh, office of the chairman for projects that were, for instance, higher than $5 million. And that was very good because at the beginning of, at the, beginning of the career, in those very important and formative years, you really have an exposure to different businesses in different executives and how they think throughout their uh, throughout the uh, hierarchy. In a hierarchy, is not so much the the issue; is really the broader view that they take in reviewing, approving projects, and that perspective is always wider. It's quite interesting. And when did you go from there? Then you moved out of that industry and into into another. Uh, yes, I moved to another industry, but roughly in the same uh, function. So. I moved from investment to mergers and acquisition, and I worked for the um, telecom operator in Canada, Bell Canada Enterprises. Really, at that time, when uh, companies, telecommunications companies, were trying to build up the business, adding the various pieces together internet, TV, satellite, um, fiber optic uh, networking, and so on and so forth. So, again, um, excellent experience. And um, after that, um, I personally moved to, to Europe. Uh, so there was a move for personal reasons. But I continue um, being engaged in that uh, area, mergers and acquisitions. So I transferred the experience uh, into a role for an Italian company. So I could help that company that was newly listed on the stock exchange with the M&A activity. And um, as a second step, um, at, at that time, my partner and I were commuting between Switzerland and Italy. At some point in time, we had to make a choice. <laughs> and uh, it came, the, the opportunity came to join Eurofema. And to me, it was a very good opportunity because it combined the equity capital markets experience with the debt capital market experience. Um, and so I did. Uh, subsequently, um, I love financial services as I stayed with Eurofema and an opportunity came to join Zurich Financial Services. Again, in, in, in M&A. Uh, and then from M&A, I went into Treasury for Zurich Insurance. And then as you, as you pointed out before, I went back to my previous employer. I'm always fascinated that by that move because, you know, they always say never go back, don't they? But uh, I actually have found quite a few people over, over the course of my my career in recruitment that have had a couple of stints in the same company. Um, tell me about that. Then was that something where you were 
you know, you were available and they wanted to move you back in or did they did they come knocking and ask you to come back and, and sort something out? Yeah, more of the second. Uh, throughout the years, I kept in touch with my previous boss at Eurofema um, and uh, we had an excellent working relationship uh, the first time. In the meantime, he went up to cover the, the CEO position. And when the, uh, the treasurer uh, early retired, he was left with a problem to resolve. Mm. And, and he presented to me, I gave a few ideas, I shared a few ideas how certain things could be resolved. And then he said, well, but it just joined back. <laughs> Right. If you have these ideas, uh, I think they sound great. Uh, please help me because we have an investment portfolio that is not um, earning as much as I would like to. It's amazing, isn't it? It's one of those classic situations uh, that I always say that, that my clients do, which is when they are presented with an issue, somebody leaving the business, a hole that they need to fill, uh, whether that's through you know uh, attrition or indeed a, a new area they want to, to grow, they always ask themselves quite rightly the obvious question, who do I know that could help me with this? Who do I know that either could give me some advice or ultimately maybe even fill the role? And, and that's obviously what, what, uh, what your CEO did by calling you. It's a, it's, a, it's a tried and trusted method because you know the person, you trust them, you like them, that no like and trust piece, you know that they can, they can either do a great job for you or perhaps point you in the direction of somebody else that could do a great job for you so it's it's that classic networking piece it's uh it's a win-win all round and it's it's you know it's the first port of call for for most uh senior executives when they're looking to fill a role uh, I, I totally agree with you and the three key words know like and trust and respect are really very important and that was a typical example uh, the other element, yeah you need to you need to be able to trust yes uh, the element that uh was important is that I kept in touch with a person. I kept my network alive. I continued to, uh, also with other professionals that I met along my career, I continued to be in touch and try to be of help. And that builds equity, so to speak, throughout the years and gives the opportunity when you need it to leverage your network. So that was the other aspect that I saw intuitively I've done just because I enjoyed the, uh, the, the working relationship. We always had um, good stories to remember when we worked together um, and, and things developed naturally. The other element that also convinced me to go back is that when I worked with him, we always had a lot of fun working together. There was uh, the work we did at the very beginning involved uh, capital market transaction were 100, 200, 500, also billion in size, a billion uh, dollars. So fairly sizable transaction, but at the same time in the day-to-day -day interaction, we always had a chance to either crack a joke, laugh, and the, the working environment was very professional, but at the same time, very pleasant. Yeah, it's exactly what you want. Have all your roles come in that way um, where they've come through relationships or have you 
how to apply for jobs in the past in the advertise space? Uh, I have to be honest and going back, I realized that 90% I had uh, good referrals through ex-colleagues or people that I knew and that I liked and there was reciprocal trust. Uh, the opportunity in Canada with Bell Canada Enterprises came out from a, uh, an ad that I saw in, in, in my CV. But you see, there is also a networking element to it because it came out of a posting from my professional association in Montreal. Yeah. Intentionally, I wanted to be part of the CFA society in Montreal because, first of all, I liked investments. I like to network with uh, like-minded uh, professionals. And as a result um, of that networking, I could keep an eye on whatever opportunity uh, the society was uh, advertising. There was one of it. The other roles were, uh, apart from the, the first time that I went to work in Basel for Eurofema, they were all through uh, people that I knew, directly or indirectly. And when you when you're recruiting, how do you how do you recruit? Do you recruit recruit through your network, or have you used other methods? Uh, at Zurich Insurance, we went through the normal channels of posting ads and, and see the, um, uh, the the application that came through. Uh, nevertheless, I realized that within the Treasury Department, uh, colleagues of mine have recruited through uh, the network. So a friend of mine was recruited because um, she, uh, she knew uh, somebody else in, in Treasury and there was, the right, there was the right timing, the right opportunity, the right match of profile. Just, it just shows you the power of networking and, and it's something that we have to be doing all the way through our career, not just when we need that next opportunity. You need to be, as you say, where it's your helping other people, being visible, being part of that uh, close network of, of like-minded people who share similar skill sets or similar interests. And if you can, if you can be visible in those environments, opportunities will come your way. And indeed you'll know other people that you might want to hire. So, you know, that is always the primary part of the market. I think referrals is, I think it's 43% of all hires are made through some sort of referral, um, which is overwhelmingly the largest part. And, and, you know, advertised jobs is is something like 20 percent. so it's it's really a it's really a much smaller piece of the pie have you ever actually had to look for a job where it's you in your in your uh, time other than when you were uh, you know looking looking for that um, advert for, for bell as or have jobs always come your way uh, no i had to look for a job um, when we decided to move to switzerland and also we decided mm. to move to italy so Twice I had to um, work proactively to do that. And the first time uh, when we moved to uh, Italy, uh, it was really through a job posting uh, on, a, uh, on a newspaper. Uh, the same when I found a job at Eurofema, it was on a job on a, on a newspaper that I was reading while I was in, in the gym. So very, mm. uh, it was really a... Uh, um, uh, chance. Um, nevertheless, we have to distinguish because at the very beginning of the career, it's much easier to get job through the normal channel of applications uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, 
But as you get more experience, and I think even more so nowadays, it is very important to keep in touch with people because it's so easy to communicate on a daily basis through instant messaging or uh, in the corporate world using Microsoft Teams and so on and so forth, that we tend to downplay the importance of personal relationship. And when it comes to job search, it is vital also as a recruiting party to know that somebody else know that candidate. Because you normally try, as you said, you try to hire somebody that you know, that you like, and that you trust. Or during the interview, you want to assess three things. If there is competence, skills, knowledge. If there is the willingness, the motivation. And there is a and third element, if there is a cultural fit. Mm. If you have positions to fill and you're under pressure, you want to accelerate that process. So if you come and tell me, Maurizio, I have this candidate, I know him, and actually I work with him, he's somebody reliable that you can trust, and he has the right skill set and competencies and experiences, 60% of the job is already done. I will call him and have an interview and just need to see if there is that working chemistry so that that person can work effectively in my team. But most of the work is done, and I give priority to that, not necessarily because I know you, but because there is that element of trust with you and the person, the candidate you know. And it's, it's very key, especially in now, nowadays where the, the, the pace of business has increased, where um, in a pandemic, um, a stress scenario, stress reality as we are now, making the right choices also from that perspective is very important for the business. It's so important to have somebody vouching for you, you know, on the inside vouching for you. It makes it makes all the difference. It does make you go to the top of the queue and be, you know, um, assessed in a slightly different way. You know, the, the standards are still high, but you, you've already got that you know, that starting point, which is much better than all the other candidates. And that's, that's why I always argue, even if you are applying to jobs online, you know, I, I try and tell job seekers to look for the inside track, to, to use your network, whether that's your real network or your sort of extended network through LinkedIn, even, you know, creating a, some new connections uh, for, through LinkedIn, for instance, in the company where you're keen to, 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 to work next, um, before you, you sort of just do the, the click and apply type of thing to, to get the inside track, because as, as we all know, you know, job specs, they can be long and, uh, extensive, but they, they rarely get to the actual point of, of, of why the hire is being made. And, and they're always written once they're written, they're almost out of date already because the interviewing process tends to, uh, tends to uh, make the the spec evolve in a way you know you meet people you find out that they have great skills that you might or experiences that you might want to have uh, as a as a an added bonus in your in your uh, future candidates and of course it, unless you're speaking to somebody within the business you don't know how the roles evolved uh, what the motivation is behind the role you know some of the inside track stuff that might be why the job has has occurred in the first place some of this information is 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 critical the situation understanding the situation is critical to being able to effectively um 
present yourself as a solution to the problem. Um, and so I always argue that people must do that. And I, I really think that's really, really important. I think this is a, a key piece of advice and it's really extremely important. Um, and I can give you two examples. First, uh, uh, the banks in Zurich, I don't want to say which ones, but I know for a fact through colleagues of mine, colleagues of mine that work in the HR department, give priority to the applications that have been referred to. So for instance, if I know you're working for UBS, when I click apply, I need to also um, identify the source. And if I identify the source of uh, me knowing, why do I know that there is a job posting as being you, a referral that is working for UBS, instantly by practice and policy, my application is at the top of the pack. So that's very important. And secondly, I must say that I also, in my, my experience, tried this. There was an application and I, through the LinkedIn network, exactly as you said, I looked who I knew that was there. I didn't know anyone, but I knew somebody that had worked with the CEO. And that allowed me to have an interview. So it is exactly what you what you mentioned, and I found I found it's a great uh, piece of advice, and I would encourage everyone to do it for two reasons. Nowadays, with LinkedIn, it's very easy to at least do a first um, contact with somebody, and secondly, people are willing to help. I was amazed how even more so in this environment in the pandemic, people are open at least to connect and chat exchange phone numbers, spend five minutes on the phone with you. So I would encourage all the job seekers to do it. Absolutely. It's, 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 it's critical and it's, it's critical advice, you know, just spending more time. I call it the, have you heard of the sort of 80, 20 rule where, you know, 20% of your actions uh, result in 80% of, of, of the profit from your actions, if you like. It's, it's a sort of quality over quantity type of approach that you need to find out what are the things that really make the difference. And, and I would say that reaching out to your network and doing getting the inside track is, is that real 20% stuff that, that gives you a massive, massive 80% bonus on top. It's, it's the clever stuff that you should spend more of your time on. I, I really you know, say to people, don't spend so much time applying to so many jobs, spend all of that time that you would have you know, used on lots of applications, spend that time wisely on a small number of applications, but finding out the inside track, getting, making a high quality application that involves you talking to two or three people in the business and getting referred somehow and, and getting that know, like, and trust going. And you can do that even from a, as, as you suggest, Maurizio, from a cold start, you can do it without knowing anybody because you know that six degrees of separation, you can get there. You can you can get there if you try really hard. There's always somebody in your network who'll know somebody who'll know somebody, and people are willing to help each other. Um, and in, and you know, ultimately, if you don't get that, you can always just be a bit braver, find out who the hiring manager is, and approach them directly <laughs> and ask them some questions. Because there's there's no rule that says you can't. Yes, and what I experienced is that if I look. Or if I target a certain company in the in Switzerland or in the Zurich area, mm. um, it's highly likely that um, the person I'm trying to contact is at least in the second degree of connection or 
if I'm not lacking the third degree of connection. So that those six degrees of separation nowadays through technology have shrunk to three, uh, and it's really mm, amazing okay, yeah. how much can be done. Then um, you mentioned something important, try to get to know somebody in the company. And I would add to that, try to get to know what the issues of the company are, what the problems, what the goals are. And if you are clever in your application, talk about these issues and how you could resolve them. Uh, when I talked to my, uh, my boss at uh, Eurofema, he, he talked to me briefly about an issue with a portfolio. So then I sent a couple of PowerPoint slides, really just out of my willingness to help him. I said, listen, you know, your portfolio could be structured this way and the liquidity operations in Treasury could be structured in this other way and this would have such positive impact. What do you think? He called me right away. Mm. And this is also... Yeah, it's perfect. Um, you're saying finance. Uh, Finance as, as a sector is quite uh, unique. Um, I worked extensively with investment bankers. To some extent, investment bankers sell um, a commodity product that could be either um, debt capital market services or advisory. Then in principle, anyone can can relationship first. And in the way they offer suggestions, help, um, is a way to uh, get together with you at a lunch or at a coffee or in a formal meeting, discuss their, how they can help you. In, in that way, you, you obviously, you don't turn down an offer to help. So mm. it's okay, I'm, I'm willing to listen. And like this, they establish relationship and then they keep it constantly um, up to up to date, and I would suggest when you look for a job, you you can try to use the same strategy. I think it's an excellent strategy. You know, the more helpful you can be and present yourself as a helpful person who looks to solve problems, the more people will view you as that and treat you as that, and and, and want to welcome you into their business. It's, it's how it works. Or if they don't welcome you into their business, it'll be somebody else's business because they'll say, "Do you know who was really helpful to me in this situation? It was this yeah. guy." So. Maurizio, I think I think we'll uh, on on that sort of very pleasant note. We shall draw it to a close. I don't want to take too much of your time, but I really appreciate you spending time with me on the, the podcast. Thank you very much. Well, Maurizio uh, made some great points there, particularly about the referral process and how you have such a great advantage if you come into a process via referral. It really is the gold standard, the best way to enter a process, and of course, it's achievable if you use your network leverage it and try and find out is there somebody you know in that business or could give you the inside track so please do try to do that and if you are interested in these sorts of concepts have a look at my free masterclasses uh, that i have on careermovesecrets.com there's one at the moment for the hidden job masterclass there's also one for uh, an ats beating resume uh, which i think you ought to take advantage of and if you're enjoying these podcasts please consider subscribing because there will be more career move secrets podcasts coming very soon Thank you.